Yes, you have joined the I Am Somebody podcast, where every day is a fresh start. And I'm your host, the Mad Therapist. And it has been a crazy couple of weeks here in the good old land of the USA. And I would like to first say, rest in peace to Brianna Teller. Rest in peace to Ahmed Arbery, and rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in peace to all those who have been gunned down through senseless violence, be it at the hands of the police, be it at the hands of someone else. May those souls, those black men, women, children, rest in peace. And may we begin to unite upon one word, one hope, one heart beat. Today, uh, the topic, the conversation is about healing, but it's also about hearing the voice of the youth. Because we see during the protest, the majority of the individuals in protests are young adults. Our children right now, 2020, are experiencing and witnessing brutality, systematic racism, be it in the schools, be it in housing, be it in the way food is distributed, financial, wealth, job, availability, systematic racism has reared its head. And we, since the COVID-19 has happened, everything is just so, so heightened. And the murder, the lynching, that has happened over the this 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 year thus far. It is like time for change and enough is enough. I'm a black man, I'm a black father, I'm a black son, I'm a black brother, I'm a black uncle, grandson, friend. And so these things have um, been on my mind lately and all throughout my life. I'm, I'm, I'm a product of uh, false arrests and it haunts me to this day. Uh, I'm a product of uh, police uh, wrongdoing and they're uh, uh, writing their report, lies, and it has haunted me to this day. Although through the grace of Allah, I'm standing strong and I'm here uh, to testify that yes, 
this systematic racism, this police brutality, it's predominantly seen in black communities. And I am just one of the many black men, black boy who have been traumatized by police all across America. So again, we're gonna talk to a bunch of young people who have something to say. They're not just young people, they're parents, they're graduates at a higher level, higher education. They're married and they're God-fearing people to the best of their ability. And they have something to say and I'm, I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to interview them and I'm willing to have a discussion about the discourse of what or how we're going to move forward. So we'll be right back. And again, thank you for tuning in to the I Am Somebody podcast, What every day is a fresh start. And I am your host, The Mad Therapist. Johnny, Christian, Terrace, Sean, killed him the day before his wedding. Jamal killed him while he was in handcuffs. Mike killed him while he had his hands up. Kamani, Ramon, Philip, Alton. About three Kevins, about two Jones. John, Laquan, Bethon, Stephon, Tony, Tamir, Elijah, Antoine, Isel, Terrell, Dontre, Akai, George, the him set the country on fire. Timothy, Patrick, Paul, Tyreek, Quintonio, Darius, Jeremy, William, Anthony, Dante, Oscar, Kendrick, Keith, David, Walter, woman like Sandra, Betty, Rihanna, India, Michelle, Atatiana, Talisha, Rika, Natasha, Palmer, Jen, Megan, Baby Ayana, all that we lost, your name live on. Want to kill by a cop, but I can't forget Trey Farm. Can't forget Emmett and all of those we lost to the beast. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. Every time, the first time I seen that and viewed that video and heard those words, my heart dropped, my eyes shed tears, and until this Till this day, at this very moment, my heart is really beating fast to see all of those black and brown men, women, and children dead through police brutality and through people who see them other than being human. Our skin should not be the reason that we are attacked or viewed as other than being a creation of that of those of, of of the most high. He created us in his image, not just because your have your complexion is lighter, doesn't mean that you're better than me or my brother and sister. So um welcome back. And again I'm the math therapist and you're listening to the I Am Somebody podcast where every day is a fresh start. 
And on the line, we have two wonderful human beings. Um, introduce you guys, self. Hey, this is Lance Goodwin. And this is Samira Goodwin. And so we have the Goodwins, uh, and they are, of course, happily married. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And they are happily parents to a four-year-old. Uh, beautiful, uh, intelligent uh, young uh, daughter. Um, they also graduates um, of Morehouse, I mean, of Morgan State, I'm sorry, Morgan State, the Bears. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, twice over, bachelor and uh, um, uh, master degrees that they hold. Congratulations to that, to all three being married, being parents, and being graduates that hold uh, graduate degrees. Um, Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, and they also professionals. So uh, we could start with uh, Lance and just tell our audience a little bit about you know who you are, what you do, and and um, and then we can go to Samir. All right, cool. Uh, so yeah, once again, this is Lance. Uh, I'm an educator, father, uh, mentor. Uh, one of the, my, one of the things I like to do. Uh, with teaching and being a communal leader is training the next generation of leaders, uh, making sure that they are prepared for post-secondary success as well as a life to come. Uh, so they're well equipped to take on whatever challenge or whatever test is put before them. Okay. So my job title is a job developer. So essentially what I do is assist those who are in need or use government assistance, help them obtain employment. So whether that's through career coaching or navigating them to local employers that are hiring, I help those in underprivileged communities find jobs. Right, awesome. Like, I mean, you, what can you, you can ask for more than that, like, you know, this is a power couple, folks. Like, they doing everything, you know what I mean? We appreciate that. <laughs> you know, that, like, I mean, that is wonderful to hear, you know. And I, I really didn't know what uh, Samira did, but to hear that she's on the forefront of, uh, of trying to assist and support the youth um, with finding employment. Um, whether it's through, you know, her agency or collaborating with other agencies or organizations out here. That, I mean, because that's what, you know, our youth need. to get them off the street, to give them a sense of ownership and accountability uh, in their neighborhood and community that they that they live in. Um, so I have a couple, you know, questions I would like to ask you guys. Um, and, you know, specifically, uh, how has, you know, being married, how has that helped you uh, through COVID and now through uh, the protests that has been going on. Uh, you want to start? Okay, so far. So with COVID-19 and being home, I really appreciate the opportunity to be home because we're always like really busy. So between getting a word, doing stuff in the community, doing things at church we're always like really focused on everything else going on so being home these past few months have gave us the time to like really be intimate and be home and talk and work with one another versus trying to figure out how we're going to navigate through each other's schedule so it's given us a lot of flexibility and the opportunity to have one-on-one time not just with each other but with Sanaa. so i'm really grateful 
for COVID-19, despite everything that's going on, just the opportunity to be home with my family has been beneficial. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, same thing. Um, as, she, as she mentioned, that we're typically busy and we both have two individual schedules that uh, we, we operate on a calendar base. Uh, anything that we have to do, we have to put it on a calendar. Mm-hmm. And so we still do it, but it's still like, um, man, more manageable because we're in each other's face. We can communicate. Mm-hmm. If I forget to put something on the calendar, she'll put it on there for me, mm-hmm. and uh, we can communicate that way and be much more effective and efficient mm-hmm. in executing a task that's put before us. Um, and considering these protests, like I've been out in the streets, um, documenting most of the protests mm-hmm. as well, and. I mean, my wife has been a support for me uh, when I got too overwhelmed with what was happening, what I was seeing uh, throughout media mm. and on the news. She told me to take a rest. Mm. And, you know, um, so not only is she taking uh, care of me uh, or are we taking care of each other physically, mm. um, but emotionally, spiritually, mm. all of that stuff is taken into account. And we've getting we've gotten so much more accomplished mm. uh, because we have uh, this sabbatical to take right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting much more accomplished that we stuff that we had to put off before because of our time constraints. Uh, we're able to get, uh, get done now because of this rest. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome, man. Like, you know, I can hear the, the love and the positivity, uh, in you guys, the way you express, uh, yourselves and towards one another. And that's great support. Who came up with the idea of calendar? Uh, Samira, of course. Samira, where did you get that from? Um, I think it was just I always use a calendar for myself. So I put everything in the calendar. I always write to-do lists. Mm -hmm. And Lance's busier than me. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times it would affect how we will work. So of course we have Sana, so it's a matter of okay, who's picking Sana up, who's gonna have Sana? who's doing X, Y, Z, and it just wasn't working before. So mm-hmm. it was always like, hey, where are you? Oh, I had this to do. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, what's going on? Oh, I forgot to say something. I had this meeting or I had this group to meet with. Mm-hmm. So it just wasn't effective. So mm-hmm. it was a point where we have to put everything in the calendar because if it's not in the calendar, it doesn't exist. We don't know anything about it mm-hmm. and the date comes. And then people will call him like, hey, where are you? Or you were supposed to call me. And mm-hmm. it would just... I guess I felt like it made me look bad. Like, mm-hmm. I need to make sure you're on it. Mm-hmm. So over time, I'm like, if it's, we have to put anything on the calendar, if someone asks you to do something, add it right away so mm-hmm. that we can be on the same page, and then I can remind you. Gotcha, gotcha. Time management, cool. That's, I mean, like, uh, utilizing you guys' time because you guys, like you said, you're too different. Although you marry husband and wife, you two, y'all still individual. And, y'all, and Lance said it, y'all have separate schedules. Uh, and that's cool to actually be able to see uh, what you guys have during that course of the day. And I actually, I was just in a class, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, learning more about it. And one of the things that they had uh, the, the, the therapists do or start to do is to do their own uh, like um, uh, mastery. And uh, what is what, what are your mastering versus um, what, are you, what, are you, what do you like to do? Like uh, what, what do you like to do during the course of the day? What do you don't like to do the course of the day? What is something that you master during the course of the day? What is something that you don't master? What is like a hour by hour? What did I do today? You know, so I got up at five in the morning, I prayed, uh, went back to sleep, got up, exercised, went out, did some stuff. So, you know, breaking it by hour, seeing what, you know, how difficult that might be for someone who's in uh, therapy 
such as someone who's depressed and then putting that this exercise or this homework or this intervention on them. So seeing, hearing what you're doing, hearing what you guys are doing, I think that's wonderful, effective communication. You see it. Not only are you hearing, but you see it. So if, you know, someone's audible learner, they may look at it and they, well, I, I, I don't do too well with, you know, hearing you. But if I'm a visual, it's right there on the calendar. So kudos to you guys. Um, my next question is how does parenting, being parents during this time, especially 2020, and knowing that Sanai still has to grow up in like the belly of the beast, so to speak, how has how how has things changed, or how has things stayed the same? And you know, what do you guys look forward to as far as her growing up in this, you know, systematic system that we have here in America? Um, well, with everything that's going on, more specifically with the incident with George Floyd, I think we just saw on our phone, and so not asked what was going on, mm -hmm. and we've been really transparent with her. Someone had asked before, like, when is it too early to talk to your child about race? And mm -hmm. I don't think it's ever too early. She's mm -hmm. four, she'll be five in November, and the school she goes to is really diverse, so... Mm -hmm. With the, there being biracial students, there being white students, um, black and white teachers, I think it's really important that we let her know who she is so that she's confident in it and no one else can let her know anything different. So mm -hmm. just being very clear, like you are black. She knows that she's black. She's very open about it. Mm -hmm. And she's really confident in that. And then also understanding that all police aren't great. Like they're not... Mm -hmm good for you essentially so her understanding like she knows like she sees the video she's like why are they doing it why are they doing it to him that's not nice like from a four-year-old she understands what she sees she sees them in their uniform she sees this black man on the ground essentially being murdered so just being very transparent because she is born she's going to grow up and it's never too early to have that conversation um so it's, 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 it's about raising a young black girl, man. Uh, and so the first thing is like with education. And so we still making sure she's in class, although like she's home with us right now. Her school is closed. She still has online sessions. So we're still making sure that uh, we're reiterating whatever uh, expectations that are normally set at the school are set at home as well. Um, and we set the pace. We set the bar for that. You know, um, but really, as far as acad academia or academics, we're talking about teaching skills. And so right now we're working on like sight words and stuff like that. As far as speaking to her, um, her intellect and her abilities, positive affirmations, mm. you know, uh, positive um, affirmations, uh, narrating the positive instead of like harping on what she's not doing right. Um, we're we try to redirect misbehaviors by narrating what she can do well or what she should do, you know, compared to um, like, like constantly beat her down on you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And so by doing that, we're trying to reiterate the positive or set the expectation of what we want, mm -hmm. as well as making sure um, she's aware of what, is good versus bad you know mm -hmm. and so like using those uh common skills or common uh common terms good versus bad in relation to what she's seeing on media or in cops or whatever um 
good. This person wasn't good. I'm not saying, oh, they killed this person, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, this person did something bad. This person um, uh, was a good person, you know? Stuff like that, so that so she's not, like, intimidated too much. Mm-hmm. Or if she's in a, a place of danger, right, and we're nowhere near, near her, mm-hmm. uh, which is, like, very unlikely, mm-hmm. um, but still possible, you know? I want her to still be able to find or be comfortable going to the police, you know? Um, but given the circumstances, these people may not necessarily have it out for her um, or the, expect the best from her because of, or perceive her or respond accordingly because of the complexion of her skin, which is unfortunate. But at the same exact time, we try to make sure that she has the confidence to uh, do whatever it is that she wants to do. And so through uh, making sure she has those skills, those necessary skills to move on, um, and affirming her positive um, affirmations. Like if she has complaints about something like her hair texture or something like that, I'm rushing her with positive affirmations about how beautiful her hair is, how beautiful her smile is, mm-hmm. you know, how beautiful her complexion is, things like that, or not, and, and how a good of a person she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if she did something nice, I'm praising. Um, her action mm-hmm. so it's not just like physical appearance but like what's your character mm-hmm. what's your values and so another way that we try to instill that is through books right mm-hmm. we're not just buying books and the toys that we buy her mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. those toys those princesses uh they look like her you know her favorite baby doll mm-hmm. looks like her um, and I'm very intentional about that. The pajamas that she wear have characters that look like her. Mm-hmm. Um, the books that we read, they are they look like her. And it's be like, and it's because we want her to know that these things are possible, mm-hmm. rather than like oh, affirming um, this superior mindset to those of an other race. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we're trying to wean off. So mm-hmm. she's she's uh, her mind is very vulnerable right now. Mm-hmm. She believes. Most and she's very smart, mm-hmm. so she believes what we say, and mm-hmm. at the same exact time, she has critical thinking skills, mm-hmm. um, and she can evaluate what's good versus what's bad. Mm-hmm. And so we're just trying to funnel that into a more positive light, so that she could be grow up and mature, and be a positive contributor to society, for our family, for our community that she'll eventually serve. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Oh, oh, awesome! Again, I, like you guys are. Everything I'm hearing from you guys, I, I'm I'm really really enjoying. I have a huge smile on my face, but more is a huge smile on my heart. Um, and I'm I'm proud of you guys. And and and, and, and you know, may God continue to bestow His grace upon you and your family. Um, because Lance, you know, you, you didn't mention you were you know uh, a pastor, right? I'm a minister, a minister. so I'm a okay. minister at a local church. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 I think. Yes, be humble in it, you know, but you provide uh, uh, support and assistance to a lot of people. And you have provided support and assistance to this family uh, in your words and in your actions. So, you know, keep doing that. But being a black man, you know, seeing what went on and, you know, seeing that, you know, and I don't know if that's your first time, but I know it's my first time seeing uh, an officer uh, with his knee and choke the life out of a of a black man that could have been myself or you. How did that like you know impact you um, at that time and, and now moving forward? I know you talked about you know 
going out and doing, you know, you in it, you know, and Samara telling you to take a, a breather. But, you know, how did that, you know, emotionally uh, impact you? Man, I remember the first time I saw the video, I was screaming at my phone, like, and my, my the first words, get off his neck, mm-hmm. get off his neck, as if I was there recording myself mm-hmm. and trying to put myself in that moment. What would I do? I'm like, this man delivered his own eulogy, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. He sat there and said, tell my kids I love them. Mm-hmm. He screamed out for his mother. He said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. He said, they're going to kill me, man. And so he started making his best wishes at that moment. Mm-hmm. Tell my kids I love them. Mm-hmm. And so as, and he has a daughter that's the same age as my daughter. So I'm sitting here thinking about, yo, that could have been me. And the negative interactions that I've had with the cops. I've been, um, a gun has been pointed in my, in my back for, um, basic rights, man, mm-hmm. from police officers. Mm-hmm. And so these people that we have uh, put so much hope and trust in, that we want to put so much hope and trust in, we can't. You understand? Because mm-hmm. it's really become a us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. And it's because of racism. Mm-hmm. The perception that uh, history and media and all those other variables have played in how they interact with communities of color. Mm-hmm. Black and white cops. Yeah, black and white cops, yeah. Like, like race doesn't even uh, factor, but but, but the, the people of color get the worst in the stick because of the perception. And, and that's nothing that I can change, you know? Mm. And so it's like, it doesn't matter how many accolades I achieve mm. or how many awards I get, how much recognition I have, how many titles are behind my name or in front of my name. It doesn't matter how many degrees I've had, how much big words I use. It doesn't matter because all they see is the color of my skin. And I have never had a positive interaction with a cop. Hmm. I've never had one. And so it, 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 it sucks because I want, I want, I wish they would assume the best. But because of fear and the perception that the color of my skin brings upon them, it's uh, like, I don't know if, if it's a trauma for them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's definitely traumatic for me. Yeah. It's a traumatic experience when I'm being tailed by cops, mm-hmm. even if they're, they're, they're pursuing me or not. Mm-hmm. If there's a, there is a rush that goes through my mind. Mm-hmm. There's a rush that goes through my entire body. Mm-hmm. Uh, my spirit mm-hmm. is grieved whenever I'm interacting with police officers mm-hmm. because I've never had a positive image. Mm-hmm. And so to see those type of uh, fears affirmed through video, this video with George Floyd, um, the cover up and conspiracy theories that we see with Ahmaud Arbery, mm-hmm. um, the fear that you can just be sitting in your home and your girlfriend is shot dead by plain clothes cops because of their mistakes, Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. And then Kenneth Walker, her boyfriend, ends up being in prison, although his charges have been dropped. But, yo, in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking that could have been me. Mm-hmm. That could have been me. Mm-hmm. And so that's a trauma for me. Yes, I can't trust you. 
I can't move on because of that. So it's a problem for me, man. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, I think you, you know, you voice uh, the emotion, uh, the pain, and the concern, and the thought process of many, if not all, uh, black men uh, across that's living in America today. Um, wow. 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 Um, my last question for you guys, and um, being young adults, uh, what, you know, what are your thoughts, concerns, and hopes uh, moving forward, uh, Samira? Mira? Yes. Did you hear me? I don't know. As far as like my hopes and concerns moving forward, mm-hmm. I know the thing now is like a lot of millennials and Generation Zs as they're protesting, they're expecting for community leaders to defund the police mm-hmm. and then potentially put their money back into the community. That mm-hmm. would be ideal mm-hmm. because a lot of the assumptions that they have they want to be ghetto they want to be poor they want to live like that's not the case at all Mm -hmm. so for like the organization i work for our intentions are to help those who are underemployed and underserved get training and get employment Mm -hmm. which is needed some Mm -hmm. people cannot go to college Mm -hmm. they just don't have the resources they don't understand they Mm -hmm. don't they just don't know what to do so that's the start and then along with other things just it's just a lot, but I think my hopes and my intentions would be for funding to be supported where it's needed, for the black community to still be hopeful and push through and don't give up. And essentially, police to stop murdering black individuals, stop racially profiling. It's the whole system that has been set up solely on race, and it's going to take a while before it's reevaluated, and it's going to take every single step so whether that's locally through funding and through all the different systems in the united states i know the conversation has been well i'm not racist but the Mm -hmm. system is racist so whether or not everyone that they change all the white leaders and then put black leaders in if the system has already been designed to keep Mm -hmm. keep black people down it's Mm going to take a lot of steps before we can move forward so that's what i'm hopeful of yeah and, and on that you know that note as far as the system because, you know, so many people are blaming, you know, Biden uh, for him uh, going against uh, or putting in an effect voting for mass incarceration during the Clinton years. But it was a bunch of black leaders as well. You know, it was a bunch of black leaders as well. Uh, hold on. Y'all still there? I'm sorry, guys. My connection got lost. They want to call them back. Uh, we'll be right back. But listen to Innocent of Blues by our man Marvin Gaye.
Sorry, we I lost the guy's contact, man. I, I need a, a mixer or whatever you call that at a studio, at a recording studio. I need one of those. But well, we lost you guys, but welcome back. Um, and again, we just was listening to Marvin Gaye doing the interruption. Um, I mean, it's a great song during uh, these times, and he, he, you know, he was one of a, an advocate, a social advocate, and he did it through his music. But to uh, to 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 to, to um, uh, go back on what we were speaking, and then we left off with Samir saying something really poignant uh, about how the system, regardless if we put black uh, leadership in there, the system is still a racist system. So laws will have to change. And I was saying that Biden was wasn't alone. You had black leaders who uh, agreed that something had to be done during the crack epi- uh, uh, epidemic. Uh, in the United States, and they agreed that mass incarceration was one way uh, that they could make a dent in uh, the the the, uh, the war on drugs, which they were totally wrong, you know. But we only look at the white man, but no, it was a a it was leadership, whether it was black or white. All right, so last last uh, we got this little bit. You can go on and whatever, because I don't have that much time. They got about forty five seconds. Go, man. Listen, there is a lot of uh, reform that's needed from our healthcare system um, to wages, uh, mass incarceration, uh, police brutality, racist politicians, mm-hmm. uh, criminal justice system, like uh, education. Mm-hmm. All of that is necessary. We see George Floyd's name, mm-hmm. but we really rioted or rebelled against that system that has uh, that has incriminated us. That is. Uh, messed us up mm-hmm. mentally. That mm-hmm. has damaged our community. That is that is uh, set us behind. Yeah. So for ourselves, mm-hmm. and we need to start training the next generation of leaders up, so they can take those positions of power and leadership and do for the community what the uh, the government hasn't been doing for us. Exactly. So it takes us. Yes, it takes us, and I agree. Us, right? A united soul to stop what's going on. And 
look, I, I commend you guys on the raising of your family. I commend you guys on how you guys uh, communicate in your marriage. And I commend you and uh, what you guys are doing for the community, whether it's through uh, advocacy, through workforce development, or whether it's through teaching uh, in special education and also just in being in the school and dealing with our youth today. Um, so you guys, you guys, again, thank you for coming on the I Am Somebody podcast, where every day is a fresh start. And you guys have a, a, a beautiful day. And I'll talk yes, to you guys sir. soon. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So there you have it. Again, I mean, the conversation was very, very uh, beneficial to me. I learned a lot about them, too. And I hope uh, the audience listening and the listeners will um, be able to take something from this conversation uh, on how uh, do we move forward, uh, what hopes do we have, and the thoughts and concerns uh, that uh, Black men and women have across the United States. And uh, I mean, uh, shockingly, across the world. Um, So uh, we'll be right back. I'm going to try to interview another couple. Uh, and because these were a young couple, they under 30, uh, I may, uh, look to interview someone over 30 and to and see how, uh, perspectives are the same or different. Be right back. <laughs>